Police officers surrounded the vehicle and through verbal identification, confirmed the identity of the driver to be Miles Sanderson. He was arrested by police and taken into custody. A knife was located inside the vehicle. The emergency alert was canceled at 3.50 p.m. once his identity was confirmed and he had been taken into police custody. Shortly after his arrest, he went into medical distress. Nearby, EMS were called by police to attend the scene and he was transported to a hospital in Saskatoon. He was pronounced deceased at the hospital. That's Saskatchewan RCMP Assistant Commissioner Rhonda Blackmore explaining uh, the details today of an operation uh, to both locate and stop uh, a suspect in the mass stabbings in Saskatchewan over the weekend. Miles Sanderson reportedly died today of self-inflicted wounds. Uh, We heard some of that from police. Uh, There's also a lot of questions still tonight about his background. Uh, He was uh, given statutory release earlier this year. Uh, The parole board deemed him not a threat. Uh, for many reasons. Uh, not, he did not present an undue risk to society, to be exact. Marco Mendicino, the public safety minister, has already said uh, that he's had a discussion with the parole board. He's told there will be an investigation into that decision. Joining me more uh, with more on that now is Toronto criminal lawyer David Butt. Thanks so much for your time tonight. Oh, pleasure to be here. So I, with both suspects now gone, I guess there are a lot of things we're not going to learn about what happened. But I know there are a lot of questions you still have about other things that happened in this whole tragedy that you would like to find out. What's what's top of list for you? Well, I, I think that there should be a public inquiry into this mass killing event, uh, you know, for a number of reasons. Perhaps the most important is that one thing a criminal trial does is it can provide Uh, a measure of catharsis, a measure of closure for both the victims, um, the survivors of the deceased victims, and all of the loved ones who are directly affected, indeed the community at large. Obviously, with both suspects being deceased, we're not going to have a criminal trial. And so a public inquiry is one way to look very closely at this event and try to bring some understanding and bring some closure. But it's also important that we in a public inquiry, look at what decisions were made, what decisions were not made, what decisions could have been made better so that we can better understand how to present this, prevent this sort of tragedy in the future. Yeah, because, I mean, reintegration is a fundamental part of our justice system, right? It's the idea of letting uh, prisoners back in with more supervision before the end of their sentences so they can reintegrate. Uh, But clearly in some situations, um, and hindsight is easy, but in some situations, uh, people are released back who don't have any intention of reintegrating, or at least in the case of Miles Sanderson, we understand that uh, that he had, he was already sort of his parole officer. He wasn't reporting. Uh, he was sort of disrespecting the spirit of it to begin with. Yes, and that, that's certainly one of the questions that a public inquiry should examine quite closely. And there are no answers right now. There are only questions. But the, the key question that you've identified, it's a very good one. Why, if he was not abiding for conditions, was he not apprehended? Why was he allowed for apparently months to be non-compliant with conditions and still was not apprehended? Is that a policing issue? Is it a communications between corrections and policing? Uh, These are questions that need to be answered, that need to be explored, because the public, frankly, needs to be reassured that if people are going to be released early with conditions, that those conditions are going to be enforced. 
you had some concerns too over what for what reason that may not have been enforced, whether it was a resource issue, which often comes up. Yes, uh, you know there are some police services that have specialized squads who are full time dedicated to tracking down uh, paroled offenders who have violated their conditions. That that's a, a subset of policing skills. It's a very important one. Perhaps here people didn't have the uh, training. Perhaps they didn't have the resources. They didn't have the uh, the, the people available. Uh, we don't know. But what we do know what seems to be the case is despite not being compliant with conditions, he was not apprehended and was therefore allowed uh, to become a suspect in these things uh, while he was not compliant with conditions. That's a problem, and we have to get drilled down to the answer about why. And a public inquiry can make recommendations about how to, how to fix those kinds of problems. Yeah, because you wouldn't want in this situation, the danger becomes all of a sudden it becomes, you know, reintegration is bad because this happened. Therefore, we should never do it again. And then you start to get into situations where you're, you're essentially lumping everything into one and changing a system for no good reason. I imagine a public inquiry would at least allow us to figure out where this went, where this went wrong specifically. Exactly right. And, and you, you've, again, made a very good point about overreaction. We don't want to shut down. Uh, supervised release early because in many, many cases it performs a really important function. What it does, first of all, for the offender who's still in jail, it gives them an incentive to put together a release plan so they can get out earlier, uh, which is a good thing. Second thing is if you have supervised release early, you can assess in real time how that plan is actually unfolding back in the community. And if it's not working, you can pull someone back in to custody. So there, there's a really strong element of control, and it's a really good idea to um, gradually re- um, reduce the restrictions rather than at the end of a sentence simply opening the gate and the person walks out with no supports at all. That's a recipe for disaster. So we, we really do need the gradated release, but clearly it didn't work here. And we need to know why. We don't need to jump to the conclusion it should be scrapped. We need to figure out how can it be done better. I, I don't want to speculate, but in all these situations, you get the sense that it's always sort of a perfect storm of things that go wrong. But we'll find out that lots of people knew just how dangerous he was. One of the issues you raised that was really interesting, I thought, in an op-ed you wrote for the Globe and Mail, was when he came and presented this plan for release uh, that seemed quite comprehensive about all the different steps he had taken. You weren't entirely convinced whether that plan had been properly investigated. I and mean, I guess that's something else that we need to know as well. When offenders come up with these supervision or release plans, they need to be things that are concretely that we know to be true that's that's right now for example someone can say uh he's maintained sobriety well uh if if a substance abuse disorder is part of the problem uh, that contributes to antisocial behaviors uh, a period of sobriety is great but from a professional perspective from the addiction medicine perspective uh what is the actual risk um, a little bit of sobriety may or may not be indicative of um, an absence of, of risk. So we really have to drill deep on these proposals. Uh, you know, if there's a, a connection with a therapist in the community, well, how long has the therapy been going on? What's the therapist's opinion on, on level of risk and, and the person's commitment to continuing to attend therapy? These are the questions you have to drill down on. I don't know if they were or weren't in this case, but a public inquiry has to explore all that because these are open questions. Clearly, 
something happened that should not have happened. And we need to figure out if there's anything we can understand from this to enable us to protect the public better going forward. David Butt, thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks so much.